Here we go. October 31st. Happy Halloween. It's the Real Kipper and Bourne Show, the Toronto Maple Leaf edition. We're on Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, and Sportsnet Plus from 4 to 6 Eastern. And you can always download us wherever you get your pods. And remember to text us at 590-590. If you want to text and complain that we're not wearing a costume, direct them all to Justin Bourne. I I and, wondered uh, how quickly into this show that would be. Rude me. Because right now, you know, I mean, may, we, we could po- I could pass for... Mr. Rogers? M- Mr. Rogers, uh, Richie Cunningham. That yeah. puts you either Potsy or Ralph, but... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I got the sweat. not a current enough reference I, for Sam and I. No, 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 no. That's way over your head. <laughs> yeah. But I don't care. I don't I, care. I think we look very handsome today in our matching, our sweaters. You I do. We look very classy, yeah. My we, mom... Would we dress really like a bunch enjoy. of dorks for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> That's our costume. Despite it's being... It's a cable knit sweater. Costumeless. We got yeah. a great show. Oh. We do have for a great show. For the next two hours... Because we have not one. 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 Up here, Hall of Famers. Two. Two. Up here, Hall of Famers. <laughs> yeah. What the hell is that? Two hockey Hall of Famers uh, on the show. Luke Robitaille, yeah. the president of the LA Kings, will join us in about half an hour. And then we're going to track down Mark Messier, who's doing the, the game on ESPN. Yeah. Tonight, uh, Toronto and L.A., of course. Brandeo came over to our desk and was like, is Kipper here? I got a, I got something for him. I want, and I just, you didn't come around, and then I forgot. And I think he wanted to tell you that he did that. Well, that kind of makes up for having no costumes right now. <laughs> okay. Don't you a little bit? Yeah, I feel better. Now, was more that? festive. Can we hear that one more time? <laughs> okay. One. One. Up here, Hall of Famers. Two. Two. Up here, Hall of Famers. <laughs> now, is that Brandeo? I don't know. <laughs> Who is that? Is that? Is that the Sesame Street guy, or is that like the 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 cereal box commercial guy? Is that AI? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I it was AI. AI. Yeah, it was AI. Yeah. It was AI. Yeah. Try to get the count's voice as close as possible. Oh my that lord! That was really the world is yeah, moving that was too fast good. for me. That was pretty good. I'm yeah, an old, I thought it was like a cereal guy that I grew up with. Yeah, yeah, Count Chocula. Yes, yes. Were you allowed to eat that? No, absolutely I not. Could, I, I no. couldn't even look at the box at the grocery <laughs> store. And if I did, my diabetes. mom would smack me in the back of the head. I did like to sneak it in there. Like, she'd be off and I'd put it in there and we'd get up to the Never cash. Never make it home, though. Never got past the A bowl the of chocolate for breakfast. Not in my household. Yeah, what's, no, your, uh, what's your favorite costume you've ever done for Halloween? Uh... I, I really liked the lion and the Wizard of Oz. It was me, Amber, and, yeah. and Doug McLean. And then the kiss one yeah. was pretty good, too. But, like, is there one from your youth that you did that you were particularly fond of, or just those ones? Uh, it was never a real... I just wanted the candy. <laughs> give me the candy. Put give it in me the, the candy. candy. So, so you do, I don't know. do you have a memorable one? Yeah, like not really. Like, I did, like, a robot one year. You know, I did an alien a lot of years. I hated it every year. I was Kramer, like, four years in a row. Do they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do they still do the the plastic masks with the the string that's yeah, stapled yeah. Yeah. to the plastic? I was going to bring one. I was going to bring one in today. They, they were banned. Were they the not technology? Banned. Can't be healthy. Well, it's you know. It's I think a, I was grapes one year. Just taped a bunch of purple balloons to my body. Oh, I really yeah. mailed it in. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> 
Wow, a bunch a of, lot of pirates. <laughs> pirate three years in a row. Yeah. All I right. like Halloween and now with kids. But. but you guys will get a ton of trick-or-treaters at your guys' place. But it, uh, no, no. My place is Times Square. Is, there, is it? At Halloween. Oh, God, yeah. You know, we're all tightly packed in semis, and it's just a gazillion kids. Really? What about you? No, well, we moved yeah. from a fairly quite a quiet area yeah. where, like, you don't know whether one kid will show up or oh, yeah. or 20. Yeah, they couldn't get past the, the gates. That's when you have an estate, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> You're not sharing a wall with your neighbor. Yellowstone Ranch. <laughs> oh, my God. There's one year I think I had nothing, and my wife was out of town. I was down to, like, handing out staples. Just gave, just gave out uh, a gold pa- watch off your wrist. Paper clips. Here's paper clips. Uh, <laughs> I live in a really busy street, so we'll get, I'll buy, like, 40, 50 chocolates every year, and I give out. Two to three, and then I just oh, yeah? eat the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is right, what seems to have All right, okay. No costumes, but plenty of hockey talk uh, in the next two hours. But uh, for now, we focus on the Toronto Maple Leafs. They return home from a five-game, twelve-day road trip, and they take on a big, deep LA Kings hockey club. Do you expect a little lull coming off the road, or is this game uh, a big test where? They'll, they'll bypass that and, and feel the urgency to not get off to a slow start. Well, you know, I don't think they left Nashville feeling great about things. Good, like overall successful road trip. But Sheldon's pretty good at getting the team aware of who's coming in. And right now, the team with the most goals for in the NHL is the Los Angeles Kings. 4.38 goals per game on average right now. Leafs D hasn't exactly been stellar. I think they need to be pretty aware of what's coming in tonight. You mentioned big. They also score like crazy. So, big big night, big test. Yeah, it'd be a really nice test for Joseph Wall tonight. A real team yeah. that scores a lot with a defense that's banged up. You know, Lilligren's probably going to play tonight, but he hasn't. He was he left the game injured. Uh, he no took McCabe. just a bonk from training. Yeah, yeah. Looked like a pretty. Yeah, but you mean banged up maybe like they're just they're not at full strength and they're a good offensive team so good test for joe wall okay let's go to sheldon keep for first clippers kipper kippers clipper on coming back off a road trip yeah i think i mean based on practice yesterday i think you know the energy and the mood is good um you know in in a lot of ways for me as i've come through the league and, and such you know you go through some of these road trips i think i've said this before but i i I like to approach a game like today and even yesterday's practice in some ways that it's almost like you're still, it's part of the road trip. You know, we get to come home, we get to, to sleep in our own beds, we get the support of our fans here tonight. But, you, you know, you don't have enough time to come back from the road to relax and feel like you're home. And then before we know it, we're going to be back on the plane tomorrow. So it's really kind of part of the trip. And I say that means in the sense that I'd like to see us take a, a road type of mindset to the game, you know, in terms of managing the game and having patience in the game and getting off to a good start. Like we, to me, our, our two best first periods have come in our last two games. So little things like that, I think it's important to have that same type of mindset. Well, if he wants that mentality, then should have kept him out last night. Party? Yeah, whatever. But when they're fatigued, they they think better. What? Yeah. When, when you're tired, you actually make better decisions. Not when you're tired, tired like yeah. off of a 45-second shift. I'm just right. saying that you, you gamble less. Oh, yeah. You 
take less risks. Take less risks. Yeah. And if we blamed that on being tired at the end of the road trip, maybe that's a it's a good place to start at home and ha- pretend that you're tired. It's, pretend that yeah. you're 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 playing the percentages out there. Sounds to me like a coach who wants his team to do exactly what you're saying, playing for a low-scoring, tight game. Kings score a bunch. We're going to play this as a road trip, chip it off the boards, get it in deep, not try and play run-and-gun hockey like I watched the Pittsburgh Penguins do last night. I'm so mad at them. We'll talk about but, it later. But <laughs> God, they're bad. There's few. Wow, you are sour at that. I just can't believe how bad they are. Uh, all right, all right. Save uh, it. Sorry, Save it. Sorry. Um, there's few more certain things than this game for – Pretty much in any sport, the coming off the long road trip first home game, like I bet if there's betting trends, three or something, there's betting trends on this. Like the the road team in this game would be have a really high conversion rate. It feels like this is a really tough spot. It feels like all coaches talk about it, but then it just still happens no matter what. Like it's a tough spot for the Leafs tonight. Yeah, exhale. The, The good news, I guess, in all of this is if you're Max Domi or Bertuzzi you're feeling a lot better coming home than I think you did leaving. Yeah. Well, it's all in a better place now, right? Like, you know the guys better. You've definitely gone out and had some dinners. You've had some success. You feel more like a part of the Toronto Maple Leafs, I would imagine. Let's get Sheldon Keefe's uh, thoughts on uh, building off the road trip for some some guys. For all of our new guys, I think they all just got better throughout that trip. Max certainly is one of them, um, but, but not the only one. So I think there's part of it, you're just playing more games. The other part of it is you're around the guys more. Um, you're around the coaches more even. There's more interactions. There's more discussions. Uh, so I think all of that is, is healthy. You can come. You know, maybe you don't want every trip to be 12 days. But um, it's, it's nice to, to have that time, I think, is really important. And it's, you don't get that in preseason training camp. You know, we had a couple of days. So we went out to Gravenhurst and all that. But. You don't get the road trips or traveling the day of and all that sort of stuff. So it starts to feel more like a regular NHL rhythm, and I think that can benefit everyone. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. And as someone that had a very small sample size of being a Toronto Maple Leaf, you've got to you got to come in and and get a feel for that rhythm that he's talking about. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no bigger distractions constantly yeah. than in this town being a Toronto Maple Leaf. Yeah. It is out there, and it does not – You, it, it never backs off. There's always something. Either it's if, – if you're one of those guys that needs to know what's being said and, and written about you, then you've got probably, what, 12, 14 uh, outlets that you need yeah. to get to. And trust me, there are guys out there that are, need to be – Do you think – Max's need, one? need to know. I, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't. He doesn't strike me, and I don't. I can't tell you that yeah. I know Max well enough to say definitively. Uh, but I, I don't think everything he's seen and and gone through with his dad that he would be one of those guys. But I, I think that's yeah. just one distraction I'm talking about. Of yeah. course, there's uh, family, friends, uh, tickets, tickets. Uh, tickets. Y- you name it, it's out there. Endorsements, guys doing commercials, guys getting deals done with beverage companies. It's out there. Yeah, it is. I, You know, I, I actually think the players who don't seek out some knowledge of what's being said about them are less common and maybe even a little weirder than the people who, like, is it not common to want to know what people are saying and think of you? Is that... 
Oh, it's such an individual thing. Yeah. And it really stems from, I think, just the way either you were brought up or the way you've felt about how secure you are. Does There's some guys that every day it's like, does the coach like me? Yeah. And I'm like, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be at lunch. You think the coach likes me? You're asking me? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if he likes me. Well, How am I going to answer you? And I and I hated that. He's talking about on the road trip. There's more time to interact with the coaches. I always hated that, too. You're like, you know, go have your pregame meal, and a coach sits beside you, and you're like, great. Great, here we go. Yeah, it's like sitting beside the bus on the – sitting beside the teacher on the bus on the, yeah. uh, like a, a road trip or a field trip. This is not better or for being me. on a restaurant and having them walk in or a bar later at night, yeah. and your first thought is, oh, my God, what's in There's the, pain coming. Do I have two <laughs> – you got two beers in front of me? Oh, my God. Wait, did she pick While up the empty bottle? Both. Well, where are you? Come and get this empty bottle. It makes me look like I'm drunk. Yeah. We were out with the coaching staff of the Marlies one night, like 1 a.m. Alex Stalock was down in the American League. Mm. Whatever time, walked in by himself at, I don't know, 1.30 in the morning or <laughs> whatever time it was. He knew he was down just for a short stint. Yeah, he wasn't too he, happy about it either. No, he couldn't have cared less what anyone yeah. thought. It's rare to see a player who doesn't immediately do the Grandpa Simpson <laughs> turn around in the establishment, but he, was, he, he said to hell with it. Big <sighs> challenge for the Toronto Maple Leafs up the middle of the ice. Tonight, because uh, with the addition of Pierre-Luc Dubois, this is arguably the best one, two, three punch in the NHL, up the middle. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kopitar is still a mule out there. Deneau has been regarded as one of the best third-line centers in the league. This is a huge challenge. Yeah, I mean, sell it all you want, Kip, but if I give you the choice... All right, you got a yeah. team this year, and you can have Kopitar, Deneau, and yeah. Dubois, or yeah. Matthews, Tavares, and Kampf. Yeah. I understand Kampf maybe not in that same group, but yeah. I take. I think I take the Leafs guys. Okay, hold on for a second. Oh. Hold on. Um, How much better is Matthews than Kopitar right now? Moving forward? This like, year, 23-24. In a, in a seven-game series... I'm taking the L.A. guys. You're taking over Camp. Philip Deneau. Yeah, over Tavares, yeah. Matthews, and Camp. I'm t- I'm taking L.A.'s top three. And that's sentiment. fine because you have a preference of the way you like <clears throat> your team to play. Yeah. I have a preference the way I like my team yeah. to we play. We do not agree. My point here is that this is not some, oh, my God, we can't hang with this team. It's as good in Toronto and maybe, in your opinion, incrementally worse. They're yeah. not getting blown out of the water by these no, centers. No, 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 yeah. no, not at all. Not at all. But uh, a style of play, come playoff time, big, heavy, I certainly give L.A. the advantage. In a playoff-style game, I get it. To know, you know, in particular is fine, but we've seen him. We're all in Toronto. We all saw him shut down Matthews for a series, so everyone thinks he's the second that. coming of Esatik. And yeah. He's okay. You know, you can pin that on Matthews. You'd be like, the nose not that good. He's oh, I got him mid. Good player. I got him much He's higher. He's a 3C. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On, on, a, on a championship team. Yeah. Okay. He's, he is. Okay. I'll hear that. I'll hear that. Um, I, I, think, I think it's a little underwhelming that, that the Leafs might have a bigger issue down the road. The... the the focus has always been on the blue line for the last year and a half. Right. But I think something was said the moment they introduced us to Willie Nylander being a possible centerman. Yeah. 
and then having Minton come in and and steal a job to start the season. How they tried to give Ryan O'Reilly and what twenty million dollars, eighteen million dollars. Now you want to tell me that your centerman going up against LA centerman in a best of seven in the playoffs and has Matthews, Tavares, and O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're so right. You're so right. Now you're telling me Matthews, Tavares, and Kemp. I, I don't. I don't even think. I'm not even convinced Kemp's a third line centerman yep. on a contending Stanley Cup team. So just to kind of bring this around here, like it's not the focus is the the blue line and coming into the season, what are you really going to get in net? And Wall's certainly been there every step of the way to convince people it's not a sense of urgency on yep. it, but. There's a question mark on the third-line centerman for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, because I, I think it's pretty reasonable to say Matthews, Kopitar. You know, most people would take Matthews there. Dubois and Tavares, I think most people take Dubois. Deneau and Kampf is probably where it's a little different. Deneau's the better player. He has some offensive side to his game. No better yeah. defensively, but has the offensive side. So, yeah, definitely it's somewhere the Leafs have a shortcoming and one that probably has to be rectified to be a Stanley Cup contending team. Yeah, okay. they need a kind of need a lot. And then you, like it's like maybe two guys on defense, 2D, a center and someone for Reeves when he's watching maybe in the first a goalie. Round. Yeah, well, you hope the goalie thing. <laughs> they went into playoffs last year with the same tandem essentially. Yeah, I guess. But if they're if they're you okay? I'm alive. <laughs> I I use the button. Good thing you're not wearing like a polyester on a costume or anything. You'd be sneezing all show. Inside the mask. <laughs> so this, the, the test tonight against a centerman for, for the likes of a, a camp even uh, is, is, we'll have a better idea of where they really are at center maybe. Who, you know, so Deneau is going to be, okay, Deneau, you shut down Matthews. Who is camp's assignment on the other team? Who's their best guy? Kopitar, Dubois, I guess Dubois. I would say, I would say Dubois. Yeah, I can see that matchup happening, right? The camp line against Dubois. Well, and then it's it uh, Fiala or or Adrian Kemp. That look pretty good finishers, good scores. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's yeah. a that's a big challenge. It is. This LA team is really interesting. They have some unique talents over there. Like is Dowdy still good? Okay, let's uh, before we go on there, blue yes, line. Let's, the answer. Yes, let's, let's go to so Sheldon too. Keefe on uh, the challenges uh, that the Leafs will have with the LA Kings center ice, center ice depth. Yeah, I mean it gives them obviously lots of lots of different options. You know, Dubois slid in there. Deneau's been used a little bit differently than maybe he has been in, in years past, but it just gives them so many more uh, so many more different options and protection being on the road. Um, you know, they haven't lost on the road here yet, and I don't think that's that's by accident. I, I think when you have that depth and those options and that comfort, um, you know, it helps a lot as a coach and with your team. So, yeah, it's, it, it makes them an even deeper, you know, forward group than they've been and guys that are really good on both sides. Of the- and then there's Trevor Moore, who's turned himself into a, a dangerous guy too. Yep. Kaliev has scored at... Uh, the American Hockey League level, and oh, he can bomb it. He can he can shoot the puck. Like this is, there's some serious depth going on in their top nine. You know, it's interesting. A lot of Leafs guys. 
Yeah. On this, after those trades that they made, they made all those. Because uh, I think Grundstrom's on their fourth line now. Grundstrom's you know, in the fourth line. Jersey's gone. Yeah, now. Jersey's gone. More. You know, there's a lot of a lot of Marleys represented on this team. Yep. Um, yeah, it is. It's it's an interesting matchup for them. To me, it's a battle of can you just be good all the way through your lineup and the elite talents that the Leafs have. And I tend to prefer the sort of elite guys, but. Man, they are good all the way through the lineup, aren't they? Where's more at? Five goals, two assists already in eight games. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. I, this LA club team reminds me a lot of even even the New York Rangers where – how long ago did it seem like the Rangers sent out that letter that said we're going to kind of retool or fix – no, they never did bottom out, though. No, they didn't. They, they I think didn't. they said there and was going to be pain, yeah. and then there wasn't. And there wasn't as much as anyone thought. It didn't have – it didn't have to get to the point where they're they're absolutely giving away games like Chicago. Same and day. they were able to do this in L.A. And we're going to have Luke Robitaille join us uh, in about uh, seven, nine minutes here uh, to talk about, uh, I don't know if you want to even say the the, the rebuild, the, the, the tooling of the L.A. Kings, where like, I, I didn't think that there would be much of a chance that they could start competing again and still have... Kopitar and Drew, around Drew Doughty too. Yeah, Kopitar, you know, four four uh, goals and four assists for eight points. He's been kind of a point per game guy, well being a Selkie Trophy nominee for years for them. He's been a staple, and you keep kind of wondering, you know, like the Penguins and some of these teams, like how long can those guys hang on for? And Kopitar and Doughty, you know, they need to be good while those guys are still contributors. Doughty's six points in eight games, too. So they're, they're still contributing for that team, no doubt about it. That letter to the fans that you mentioned for the Rangers was February 8th, 2018. Wow. Yeah. And they've been deep in the playoffs a couple times yeah. since then. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem that far off. By the way, the Rangers are 7-2 and two and plus 10 goal differential. They're yeah. really good. They're at the end of a road trip, too, and they're finding ways to They just won five finish. in a row finish teams off metro's pretty soft i feel like that's kind of theirs for the taking another big challenge tonight against this la kings team is for me is is willie nylander you know mm-hmm. coming off a road trip at times we've seen him take a few nights Evan off low mm-hmm. and then the gaps are closing in on off nights for willie nylander yeah is that Willie maturing? Is that Willie just saying, I got a lot of money on the line this year? Yeah. It could also be Willie just getting so much better that it's easier. You know, like it's just he gets more chances than he ever did because he's big and fast and strong, and they come up a little bit more readily even without changing his effort level. Guy is really good. Yeah, they I, – I think you could say the the contract year thing for sure, but he was just – pretty close to this consistent last year too like i think towards the end of last year he had a pretty big lull maybe the last couple of weeks of the season before the playoffs i remember particularly yeah. him kind of going away but I, w- I would hear the the contract year thing more if this was the first time that this has happened but i thought last year he showed a lot of growth in it too so i think he's just really good like i think he's now finally reached his potential as what a lot of people thought he could be and what a lot of people didn't think he could be to be quite frank there was a lot of people on both sides of it but you know now we get to have the conversation if you can keep the guy because of the cap. That's fun, eh? It's great. Yeah, yeah. you spend eight years de- being patient and developing a guy 
to where he gets to his absolute peak and you're a billion-dollar organization and you're not allowed to re-sign him because of a arbitrary number picked by the league. <laughs> Sick. Are, fun, are, fun sport. Really cool. Yeah. Really cool. Are, are we one game away from another quiet night from Matthews and Marner where people are going to start screaming yes. that uh, yes. we need changes? I'm already there. If they get blank, you're already there. If oh, yeah. they get blank tonight, there's, you, you got to split them up. For Boston? Ah. But... Yeah, but if you got Tavares and Nylander playing some of their best hockey ever together, mm-hmm. how, how do you break up Matthews and Marner? I guess you got maybe you can find another way. You know, give some other guys an opportunity. Nyes and Domi play with some of them. I bet you you'd love having Marner play with Camp, right? Natural finisher for Marner's setup abilities. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know what the, I don't think there is an answer to be honest with you. I just can't see it. I think you just you wait it out. You just let them work through it. Sometimes that's a fine answer, and sometimes guys do. But yeah, Pontus Holmberg is four C. Mm. He's fine. He's fine as a stopgap, but it does feel like there has to be some sort of improvement there. You know the, that fourth line is interesting. I thought Gregor's been really good. Agree. Like he gets skates chances. Well. Skates well. He had a couple you, chances. You against- notice him. Nashville, yeah. Oh, yeah, he had a post. Like, he's he's involved and emotionally involved, right? He had a fight this year. And yeah. he's... So that fourth line for, you know, how has Reeves been compared to your expectations? Just what you thought. So I, I played in an era where I played with these type of players on every team. Sometimes we were on two. Like, God, it, thank God there wasn't analytics back then to tell us how, many, how often we were in our own zone or, you yeah. know, we... So for you, it doesn't matter. I, I see him, and he's been in a couple of fights, and he's chirping to the other team a little bit. He's doing, and he's his, doing what he's yeah. paid to do. I don't scaring see, people at practice. Well, you see that video? No, no. Oh, there's a video of him jumping out of a, a box wearing a mask yesterday like, at practice. There, there will there will be a time when there's going to be a, a window where Sheldon goes uh, not playing him tonight. Yeah. It's and. There's a very good chance that he won't be a regular come playoff time. Yeah. But I think the man's coming as advertised. Yeah. And, and I so I have to come to grips with this too. So like there was the the play, I don't was it Dallas or Nashville where Nice flipped it out, re skated yeah. onto it, didn't wasn't able to skate fast enough to influence the play and the puck came back the other way and, and the Leafs got scored on. And I remember just being a little frustrated, like, God, like, you just need to be able to skate in this league a little bit more than that. But I need to come to grips with the fact that Reeves is there to serve a purpose. And during the regular season, I'm glad the Leafs have something like this. I'm glad there's a nuclear deterrent. I'm glad that there's someone ready to, you know, stand up if a guy like Kane says, what are any of you going to do? Yeah. I am glad. But I do think come playoffs, that may be a question that remains to be answered. Like, I don't see any real threat off the LA Kings that would scare or intimidate anyone on the Leafs. I mean, this, this could be arguably a game where even if you healthy scratched them, it would it be that big of a deal? Would people go, Oh my God, Reeves isn't in there. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Dubois and Matthews have a pretty long history, not liking each other. I think from that, well, especially they, that Canadian, that Canadian the bubble series. Well, the season where they were all, uh, playing each other a hundred times in yeah. Canada, they really developed a healthy unlike for each other. So yeah. they, they've kind of had a thing going, but I don't think there'd be much tonight. So, we should probably break to get to Luke Robitaille. Lucky Luke. Okay. 
As we said, not one Hall of Famer, two on our show. Real Kipper and Born. Luke Robitaille after the break. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Tim McAuliffe studio here. Real Kipper and Bourne. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandale, pushing all the right buttons, and Jen Rolnick. And let's welcome in our first guest. I told you, two Hall of Famers, Messier and Luke Robitaille. It doesn't get any better than that. Hall of Famer, president of the LA Kings. Luke, how are you? Is, is it true that you... You took one look at the weather here in Toronto and said, I'm not going to Toronto to watch that game. That's a big set you got. I'm big budget you got. <laughs> I told you, man, you're coming on like a really hot show right now. Okay, It's, it's almost as good as hosting Saturday Night Live for you right now. Almost, almost. <laughs> Everything's good out in California? Yeah, everything's good. No, it wasn't the weather. It's just like we got too much going on like uh, with the team and different things, so I wasn't able to go, unfortunately. You must be pretty pleased right now for the start. Like no one's giving away uh, playoff spots, but, you know, a, a bad October maybe like, some teams like Calgary might be, uh, you know, looking at can really stress out your whole regular season, eh? Those first 10 or 15 games. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is it, you look at it the way your team is playing. You know, we like the way we're playing. You know, we're not happy with a few a few results. But, you know, there's a couple games like we're, we're still questioning. We're like, maybe we could do this better and so forth. But. When the work is there and you see the guys are believing in something, like that's what makes you happy. Like you obviously win the results business, and you expect to, you know, to win as many games as possible and so forth. But when your team is trending in the right direction, that's when you know you feel better as an organization. Luke, you guys, um, you know, have a lot of exciting talent on your team, and you have some guys that have been around in big parts of the league for a long time. You know, how do you feel your or where do you feel your organization is at? Is it sort of the sweet spot right now that you have Doughty and Kopitar still so good with these young guys contributing already? Yeah, like, I, I you know, I, it's funny you ask that. I remember when uh, we were kind of on, on a rebuild and when Dean Lombardi started and at the time he talked about getting some guys that would come in and help the room. And, you know, he traded for guys like Justin Williams, Matt Green, Jared Stolen. Those were guys that were going to come in and really help our room. Um, Rob Scuderi, you know, there's a few guys like that. And we're fortunate that while we were doing this rebuild, we had guys that had Stanley Cup pedigree, they're great players and they're great people. You know, Anze Kopitar, Drew Doughty. I mean, we had Quickie here for many years, you know, Dustin Brown. And those guys, you know, when you're bringing along young guys and they see what it takes every day to be a pro, it's not just on the ice. It's 
everything you do around it that makes you better and and then you realize you know these guys know you know if you you'll be lucky to play 15 years or 12 or 14 or 16 so from that standpoint we feel pretty fortunate we we have those guys and to to finish the answer our young guys we're happy with some of the young guys that we have they're making steps we were talking about that yesterday we have four young guys playing on our roster right now, and they're they're helping us make a difference. You know, look, if we look over the past few years at teams that uh, once they make a certain decision to go a certain way, some organizations like Chicago last year or even the Leafs when, when they got Austin Matthews would allow themselves to be the very worst, and, and that's okay to be the last place team. Then there's, I watched the Rangers, and we just mentioned in 2018, they send out the letter saying, hey, listen, there's going to be some some bumps along the way. But And then I watch you guys, you never felt like you needed to go to the very bottom and, 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 and reshape your organization. I mean, was that ever a thought? Like, Or did you guys just say, no, no, we can do this, we can compete again, and we don't have to embarrass ourselves? Well, I, I, it's not like you're trying to embarrass yourself. I, I think at some point you got to look at your organization and said, you know, we're not going to get anywhere. I mean, we actually, funny enough, we, we, we just sent a letter. It's just that we're in LA. You guys didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> you were asleep by the time we sent it. It was 8.30 LA time. And, uh, and uh, you know, and, and, but but we explained more to our core fans that we were going to have to rebuild and retweak our, 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 our team. It's not like, it's not like you sit and say, we're going to be bad. By the time you do it, you're already bad. You know you're going you're going that route, and then if you if you think for one second you can add one or two players to the team and it'll make a difference, you're in dreamland. Especially the way our system works now, I, I, you know. Even though you 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 know it took us a couple of years of going through the rebuild, it's not fun to lose. You know you're you're competing every game, and you know you you get disappointed, and then at the end of the game you you study well. Did we did we make a step forward or backward today, and so forth, but it's really it really comes down to you have to come to realize to what kind of team you have and and for me i think the way we looked at it too is we we didn't want to be a team that would hang in there and be in the middle of the pack for the next five six seven eight years yeah i'd rather say let's go for it and really try to win versus being in the middle of the pack because in the middle of the pack you either in or out and every year you pick 14 15 16 mm-hmm. And it's really hard to you got to be really lucky to get a very impactful player when you're picking there. And it, it makes it really hard. And I think sometimes a lot of teams in Canada, so much pressure to be in there every year that it's hard to do. And I commend Montreal. It's hard to do what, what they're doing, but actually they're playing really well right now. And but I know you mentioned the Leafs. It, it, it was the hardest thing to do to say, you know, it might be hard for the next couple of years, but we'll be better in the future. I know. You guys are hard. A lot of people are hard, but they're in the playoffs every year. They know they're going to be in the playoffs. They're still trying to win the cup, and that's that's when you know you have your organization in the right direction. So we see a lot of these teams that rebuild or retool, and they get from you know kind of bad to just in the playoffs and getting that mushy middle. You're talking about, you know, what yeah. do the Kings need to avoid ending up in that part of the standings this season or next? When you guys kind of feel like you have a chance at this point. Well, we need to win it all. 
That's it. Then we're all in the middle of the pack. <laughs> <laughs> Need to get you to suit up again. No, I, 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 I think where we're at, we like where we're at. We know we still got a lot of young guys that need to make step. Quinton Byfield, and we got Brent Clark. He's playing in the minors right now. Jordan Spence is playing real well. Caliafa. Turcotte is finally healthy, and he, you know, he's still a ways away. He's got to play more games. And uh, we know these kids are going to make an impact. But, you know, there's very few guys that have a huge impact at 18, 19, 20. And, uh, you know, guys that you see that they, they play another level, it's about winning. It's not just about the next contract. So they're usually 24, 25. So we understand that. And hopefully by the time a lot of our guys hit that 23, 24, 25, they're really impactful player that can help us make a difference. And we're, we're seeing some of the kids right now, they're making a big difference day in and day out with our team. We're talking to Luke Robitaille, Hockey Hall of Famer and president of the L.A. Kings, uh, mentioning young kids. Uh, we're watching Connor Bedard in Chicago come in, and the attention that he got was off the charts and well-deserved. Yeah. He's an extraordinary talent. But then we also saw him come in, play 22, 23 minutes a night, play almost two minutes of a of a power play, and I'm sure at times – early in his career, feeling the weight of the world on his shoulders. You guys had not the one number one pick overall uh, in Quinton Byfield, but number two. And just talk about his development and, you know, sometimes the pressure that these kids can feel knowing that they are such high picks and, and, and what's expected out of them almost instantaneously. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of pressure on these guys. I, I, I think, too, by the from the time they're 12, 13, 14, you know, they're the best players and everything. But, like, when we were kids, we didn't have agents. Well, I was a ninth-round drafter. I didn't even have an agent when I got drafted. <laughs> you know, you don't have agents. You know, they have agents telling them, you know, how great they are and what they're going to do. They're talking about signing a stick, a stick deal and, they got like everything being done, trainers and everything. So there, there's a tremendous amount of pressure when they turn pro. For us, it was a little bit different than when when Quinton came in. It was a COVID hit, and then the kid got sick a couple of times. He got hurt, so it was kind of weird because he missed a lot of games for two years. Like he, we've had a couple of first round picks early on that literally miss one two years. Like he, we look after a couple of years, they they would only have 40, 50 games played, in, you know, at any level. And that was the same with Gabe Velarde for us. It took, a, it took him two and a half years to start playing games. And now he's going to be a great player in the NHL. He is already a great player, but it's just the way it is. So you look at a kid like Connor Bedard, like he, he comes in, tremendous amount of pressure. I do believe like the, the Blackhawks have done a really good job at surrounding him with the right veterans, the guys like Corey, Corey Perry, you know, Foligno, those, those guys, they, they know how to handle the room. They've seen it. They've seen, you know, they, they've been through different situations. So it should help a kid like that over the long term because you guys know it's it's a long year. It's October, November. It's way different than January when it gets really heavy and the game changes a little bit. Look, two, two questions, one short. What year did you guys send out a letter to your fans? It was uh, 2000, uh, I'll tell you when, what it was, it was uh, we made, right before we traded Jake Muzzin, so I think okay. it was 2018, and 
Sorry, guys. I think I stopped. <laughs> 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 Hold on. Turning the lights <laughs> off on there us. There you go. <laughs> so it was 2000, uh, 2018 uh, January, I think. Okay. No, or November. It might have been November. We had a meeting with our owner, and we sent a letter not too long after that. And you guys were and in playoffs? The traded was Jake Muzzin. It was really hard, but yeah. that was part of it. Well, I think that's the second part of my question was about some of the players you guys have got from Toronto. The first hour of our show is a Leaf show. Um, you know, how has Trevor Moore been? Carl Grundstrom, you guys had Dursey for a bit. How have the Leafs acquisitions worked out for the Kings? Uh, really good. Like, uh, Trevor's really come on his own as a player. He's a very impactful player. I mean, uh, you guys are going to see him tonight. He, he, he just puts a tremendous amount of pressure on the puck. I mean, this year I'm really happy for him. He's done what some guys have done, uh, worked on his shot this He's had a great start. We, we love his work ethic and what mm-hmm. he brings uh, game in and game out. And so, same with uh, Carl Grunstrom. He's uh, played really well, both ends of the ice, and uh, he could put the puck in the net. And, uh, and But that's the way it is, you, you know, when you want to get a good player, you got to give up good players, and that's that's the way this trade made out. I mean, unfortunately, Jake Jake got hurt, but he's, he was a great player, to, and you have to give up some good players to to get a good player. Look, is the the philosophy moving forward for the LA Kings is that uh, the Stanley Cup's wide open, and we're now in one of two years or three years where. You know, we see an opportunity either by adding somebody now or at the trade deadline. We're we're going for it here. Yeah, I would say so. That that that's where we're at uh, for us. Uh, we we know. You know, if you if you put yourself in a position where you're top eight, top ten teams, and you have a chance to to be in the playoffs every year and compete, yeah, you're there. Where you, you know you look at make moves, say what could be the difference maker to help us and. You hope that your core is there. It's more like building around a little bit like Tampa did. You know, they they were adding guys to to come around and to bring that that grit and so forth. And you guys did that with the, it goes all the way back to the Rangers. It was like you had your your core. It was you, Mess, and Mike. <laughs> and then they added like uh, seventeen guys around you three. <laughs> yeah, they built they built around <laughs> us. I need you too. Sorry. Hey, I took you under my wing in New York City. You did, you did, you did. As long as you picked up lunch. <laughs> one one more, one more, Luke. If if we looked at your roster right now, there are some people that would say the weak link is in that. Uh, Copley's there, uh, Talbot. Um, is, is the game changed enough where you don't need the Kelly Rudys of the world carrying you in a, in a playoff or or star goaltenders here. Did we learn something the last few years? I, I I don't know. I I think you need a great goalie. You need a goalie that's hot. You know, Ken Holland said to me, like I think in 1998 and 97, they had a goalie that never lost a game for them. So you got to start that way. You want to have a goalie and never lose the game for you. But if your goalie can make a few saves that are unexpected and on top never lose the game for you, you're going to win a lot of game. And I just think that the way the game is played now, actually, we forgot that for about 15 years or so, there were about 12 to 15 teams that we knew their goalies that were the same goalie all the time. And I think we got spoiled. And today, there's only like four or five teams that have these type of goalie that year in and year out, they're the same. It's been 
a weird position. I'm not sure if it's the the, the skill level of the players better. I mean, you see the short side like right by the right by the neck on goal, and and you think it's the goalie's fault, but really, if you look back, the hole is not big, <laughs> and these guys seems to hit it every single time. It's amazing. So. I just think uh, as long as your goalie like like uh, has a certain uh, save percentage and keeps you in the game, it gives you like really good chances. And uh, you know, it's just been uh, a little bit different the last couple of years. Well, we're uh, looking forward to the game tonight and watching your team. And uh, uh, you look much better with the lights on for sure. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you, <laughs> Lucky Luke. Robitaille, Thanks, Luke. hockey hall of famer, and uh, always a a great guest on uh, the Real Kipper. And Borncha, he's never not funny. Oh, I, I know. will give him that. He's so dry. Like, what, whatever, whatever the situation is, wherever you are, this guy loves to look at the lighter things. It's never, nothing's ever that bad. Which is a healthy attitude. Very healthy. It's one of my first childhood memories of being in an NHL dressing room. My dad playing for the Kings and them having me fill a hair dryer with baby powder. So when Luke got out of the yeah. shower and turned I mean, on the blow should have told him that. That was you. <laughs> yeah. He probably remembers that. Probably scarred him they a little bit. They probably did it every day to him. A, a rookie with a quaff like he yeah. had. Yeah. A great and, guy. Uh, you know, I just, to me, uh, it's good to see Quentin Byfield up there. I think he's playing with Kopitar tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, top line duty. Um, but, you know, just, Sammy, pull up that draft, 2020. Like, you're not, you never want to look at somebody so early and say this is what they're going to be and pigeonhole them and, and say they're never going to be anything more than this, this, and this. But he's got Mount Everest to jump over to get to the point where he's going to be regarded in that same mix with some other names in that draft, Sammy. And so give us some names here. Uh, Lafreniere was the first overall pick. And if you'll remember correctly, the, the Leafs, they did like a, that, the they lottery almost thing. Had the the Leafs almost won. Yeah. Like it was like in the tube before the Rangers one went up. So quick yeah. leaf thing there. And then Stutzla was third. Lucas Raymond was fourth. Jake Sanderson was fifth. Jamie Drysdale, and then it kind of yeah. goes down. Well, for that to, bit. to me, it's it's Stutzel. Like if if Seth Jarvis fourteen. If you were going to pick all over again, it's Stutzel all day long. Yeah. Right. Yes, he is a hundred yeah. point guy. Yeah, it's, for yeah. the next eight years. And or I don't know, but right now the the Jake Sanderson pick looks pretty good. It looks really good. Yeah. Can I, I'm going to take us off the board for something similar. Yeah. Uh, this guy, Simon, says... Um, uh, I can't even pronounce his last name. I'm sorry, Simon. Um, he's a longtime studio's watcher of the game, managing director in European Hockey Club. He's writing about Slavkovsky on Twitter today mm-hmm. and about how drafting and developing, and sometimes there's this pressure. He says, Habs made every possible st- uh, mistake with Slavkovsky from the minute he was drafted, escorting him like royalty through the locker room, handing him 20, signing him, keeping with the team, not releasing him to the World Juniors. This harm can't be undone, but at the least they should send him back to Europe, whatever. He says the NHL is a league made for business, not development. GMs thinks they can do the last 5% of a player's development when someone else has provided the first 95. I think that's relevant for guys like Byfield, yep. you know, who teams are excited about. They're big. They want them in the league. Slavkovsky's another guy who's 230 pounds, like looks like a man. Yeah. But these players are probably better served dominating a lower league. Than playing, I, struggling in the NHL. Remember, we did the uh, the 
Chicago, uh, Montreal, Toronto exhibition game, and I really thought that Slavowski was going to end up maybe in Laval just to for the first month or two, just yeah. get shot out of a cannon here, go and play every situation, play twenty minutes. It hasn't happened. He hasn't been horrible. He's wow. been he's been underwhelming. He's got it's, he's got he's got one point. It's and it's, it was on the assist in the first. Yes, game. it's it's underwhelming, but it's not like he's completely out of his league. No, but it would be interesting. Like, is it too late to send a guy to go dominate somewhere? By the way, the name is Simon uh, Zemberg. I couldn't see the whole name before. Okay. But anyway, it, um, is it too late for a guy to go to Europe and <sighs> be on power play one, handle the puck, score goals, feel good about well, things? Well, you can send him to the American Hockey League, right? Yeah. He's, he's eligible for that. Yeah. So uh, or is that just the answer damaging is no. to the confidence? No, the, the answer is no. Not but too late. This is also a guy that if if the scouts were totally honest, they fell in love with him on the international uh, stage. Mm-hmm. I think World Juniors and the Olympics. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, we we look at the again, it's it's only one year removed 2022 NHL draft, but yeah. off the top you're like Logan Cooley, mm-hmm. number 1 all day long. And he's in Arizona yes. now. Right? Yep. Absolutely. Well. Okay. Our thanks to Luke Robitaille joining us in our first hour. And we'll continue with the Hall of Fame theme with Mark Messier, ESPN, covering the Toronto Maple Leafs and the LA Kings. More with Moose. As we return to Real Kipper and Bourne after these words.